Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, thank you very much for joining us. This is August 29th, a Thursday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. For that matter, it's a Thursday in, um, I don't know, Charlottesville, Virginia. Is Charlottesville in Virginia? I believe so. It's Thursday pretty much in a whole lot of places in the world, so why I said in Pittsburgh, I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. Got a lot for you today, including a guest coming in later, who uh, puts out a, I don't even know what you call those things. <laughs> I would used to call it a newspaper, but it's online, puts out a newspaper from which I get a lot of my uh, local information. It's called The Incline. So we'll talk about that for those of you who sometimes feel you're not getting uh, a lot of local news given the the dis- disappearing uh, Post-Gazette. Um, so we'll talk to her about the new face of Pittsburgh local news coverage. Um, and then there's just a whole bunch of other stuff. Two, uh, let, let's start with two of the like inexplicable horrors uh, emanating from uh, the Trump administration today. Just in case you haven't heard, uh, the one truly inexplicable one to me is that uh, the Trump administration has now decided that uh, people in our military who have a child uh, overseas, uh, that child will no longer be granted automatic American citizenship. Wouldn't that mean John McCain would not have been an American citizen at birth? Because he was born in Mexico because his father was deployed uh, there. I mean, do you know how many people, like, you know, sir, our service people are sent overseas, sometimes for years and years. They have children. Those children, because they're born to an American parent, are automatically an American. What the hell difference does it make where they happen to geographically be? Uh, The demoralizing aspect of this for the few Americans who volunteer to actually serve in our armed forces is obvious. It's unbelievable. It's just frigging unbelievable. And in fact, uh, there... You would be hard-pressed to find anybody at the Pentagon that is not infuriated by this senseless, needless, oh yes, they are allowed to uh, apply (laughs) to have their children uh, become naturalized American citizens. And, you know, fine, see how that goes. I suppose if the child has the wrong skin color, you can just... uh, call it a day. It's unbelievable. You know, you sometimes you see these headlines in our world today and you think it has to you 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 can't believe your eyes. The first reaction is always why has there been some problem? <laughs> why? And how Okay, the other one that I have the same reaction to, 
Why? Um, the environment, the misnamed Environmental Protection Agency, which now is under the Trump administration, quite clearly the Environmental Pollution Agency, standing its mission on its head, the EPA has now decided it will totally loosen up those rules on methane being spewed into the environment at the source where uh, natural gas is at the well head. That's where the methane comes from, also in the transmission equipment, in pipelines, in all of the storage facilities, wherever methane might be leaking out into our air, they're going to roll those back. <laughs> methane is the biggest driver of climate change. What? I mean, what? would be the purpose. Oh, I know what you're thinking. The purpose would be that, you know, Exxon, Mobil, Shell, all those guys who are, you know, who own all this stuff would want it because it means they don't have to spend money maybe on, you know, tightening up stuff. But that's not that's not it. Says right here several of the world's largest fossil fuel companies including Exxon, Shell, and who else? A whole bunch of others, uh, and BP, oppose the rollback and urge the Trump administration to keep current standards in practice. What? Okay, so... The president of Shell U.S. Uh, said this yesterday when she heard about it. It's a woman. We believe sound environmental policies are foundational <laughs> to, the, to the vital role natural gas can play in the energy transition and have made clear our support for the 2016 law. Ah, there's the problem. It got passed in the end stages of the Obama presidency. And so, you know, with the Obama, anything Obama did has got to be dismantled. Shell has been on board to uh, reduce its methane leakage from all of its global operations to less than. 0.2 percent by 2025. They get it until they don't, but good God in heaven, there is no reason at all uh, here's someone from 
uh, the director of the Climate Law Institute. <laughs> the EPA is now so determined to actually increase, increase greenhouse pollution that it's even shrugging off concerns from oil and gas companies about gutting these protections. Fracked gas is a climate killer, and Trump's rash embrace of this dirty stuff showcases the need for the next president to commit to a rapid phase-out of fossil fuels. Okay, those are the two uh, stories that today made my head spin. As you know, there will be more. Laura says, wait a minute, if I heard you correctly, and these children born to American citizens in the military stationed overseas would not be citizens, then those children would then never be able to run for president of our country. That is true. A naturalized citizen. My son is a naturalized citizen. He can never be president, never run for. Yeah, you're right. Well, tough, Laura. They had the mistake of choosing their parents incorrectly. They chose real American patriots willing to volunteer to serve overseas in the defense of American liberty. I mean, what the F is next? <sighs> All right. And, and I, and I want to, okay, I, I just want to add this in here because I spoke uh, at length the other day about uh, the documentary, The Factory, about a uh, former General Motors plant in Dayton, or just outside of Dayton, Ohio, I believe, uh, that was closed in 2008 and then reopened under Chinese control and repurposed as... Um, yeah, Barbara is telling me, just so we clear this up, not all service members are effective, affected, but some are. And this continues the, the Trump administration. I mean, we, they, we know they have actually deported veterans who fought. You know, people that don't have their citizenship yet, immigrants to our country, sign on, pledge to live and die for the United States of America, even though they are yet to be citizens. They fight and die. They come back to the country they fought and died for, and they get deported under this vile administration. So Barbara is telling me what it is, in plain English, is children who are adopted by U.S. service members abroad and children who are born to service members while overseas 
who are not yet citizens but merely green card holders will not receive automatic citizenship by merely living with their parents who are by order of the U.S. living overseas. So if they hadn't joined to die for America with their green cards and not been deployed to some hellhole country, then what? If they dare to have a child, that child will be punished <laughs> because they're not in the U.S., if they were in the U.S. physically, it's all about GPS. Where are you? What the? Wow. This is, I mean, the picky Eunice BS crapola that this... These are just awful people. They are just evil, cruel, racist, greedy, awful people. So back to the factory. And then this factory in Dayton reopens under Chinese uh, rule and is repurposed to make auto glass, not the whole car. And I was blown away by the documentary. And one of the things that was so clear, the clash of culture, of workplace culture, where the American workers are now working for Chinese folks who have no regard for worker safety, no regard, no idea that a worker has a life beyond the factory floor. And there was a story in the uh, Washington Post today about the guy who owns Alibaba, one of the richest men in the world, a guy named Jack Ma. Alibaba, the Amazon of uh, China. He is the one who was the founder, essentially, of something called 996. That's a work practice in the Chinese tech industry. And what it means is employees are expected to work from 9 to 9. 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week. That's a normal Chinese worker shift. 12-hour days, six days a week. Ah, I see that, and that is prevalent in Chinese uh, tech work. So you can see why the Chinese coming over here to Dayton think the American workers are lazy. They don't want to work 12 hours? They want what, overtime? What? They only want to work five days a week? What the hell? Nine nine six. 
earlier this year, Ma said, get this, that the opportunity to work such hours was a blessing. And that without this kind of working culture, China's economy was very likely to lose vitality and impetus. Meanwhile, the chief executive of his rival tech commerce e-commerce company, a guy named Richard Liu, decided 996 wasn't enough. And he said he works 8116 plus 8. This is the new kind of macho over in China. Or this guy works 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Monday through Saturday and then eight hours on Sunday. Oh my, I, I, I just, you know, so as watch that documentary and not with this is more information in mind and um, because it is a, it is a canary in the coal mine. It shows you what American workers, God help them, what American workers, if they manage to have manufacturing jobs in the future, could likely be having to deal with longer work days, longer work weeks, no union representing them, of course. Like ants. They're looked at like ants. <laughs> and ants are hard workers, as you know. Um, Jesus, why are you sending me crap like this? Or somebody did. Michelle Malkin announces U.S. border and sanctuary city. No, Regnery Publishing. Michelle Malkin, who is an evil, foul human being, uh will be embarking on a 17-stop tour through U.S. border cities in her highly anticipated and explosive new book, Open Borders, Who is Funding America's Destruction? Um, I'm sure I've told you in the past, this is published by Regnery Publishing, which is headquartered in Chicago, and I had the true misfortune of working as a secretary to Regnery, who now runs this. He was a young guy. I was a young person, too. I don't think he was much over 28, 29, and I was about 22. We, I felt like we were sort of the same age. This was in Madison, Wisconsin, and this awful human being, had uh, graduated from law school and gotten a job with a law firm there. And I was a legal secretary. This is when I was married and living on a pig farm before I went back to school and got a degree. 
and I worked for him. And I understood his dad had this publishing company. and I, He ended up taking it over and made it into this, all they do is publish crap like this. Regnery. Takes me back. Okay, let's do a happy one. It's not happy. It's it's funny, I guess. Did you say the piece it was in the Washington Post about trouble at the dog park? Huh? Okay, I go to dog parks a lot because I have a dog. And dog parks are places where a dog is allowed to run free, to cavort with other dogs, chase balls, catch frisbees. They're delightful places. And these places are, you know, fenced in. So the dogs don't run away. Well, there's a dog park in one of the toniest suburbs of Maryland, right near Washington, D.C., Chevy Chase. And it's rather new. And the average, no, the average, wait a minute, average household income in this community, the average household income is $460,000 a year. That's the average. If you make a mere $400,000 a year, aw, why, you're looked down upon. So the fancy schmancy village of Chevy Chase spent 134000 a drop in the bucket, to turn a triangle of land into a dog park uh, just last fall. And the people were loving it. The dogs were loving it. One woman whose backyard abutted to the dog park was not. Dogs were barking! So they put up a sign in the dog park that says, No excessive barking! <laughs> so anytime a dog barks in this dog park, the owner goes, Shh! Shh! Really? Shh! Don't! Don't! Chubs! Don't! Don't! Things got so bad that the woman who runs the chair of the village board, a woman named Alyssa Leonard, ended up having to field in rage. She's now caught in the middle between dog owners and dog haters, I guess. Guess who she is, this head of the, the chairman of the board of the village of Chevy Chase. She's married to a guy who's also a chairman. He's chairman of the Federal Reserve. Jerome Powell, and of course, oh, Jay Powell, I think his name is, and Jay Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, is the one that has been called an enemy of the people by uh, the president, right? Uh, God, I can't, this poor, let's hear it for this poor couple, I mean, seriously, just both trying to be good citizens and public servants, taking it on the chin, he at least gets paid, my bet is she doesn't get a penny. But I don't think they need it. J. 
Joni Edwards, who has been calling police because of the barking, said, around dinner time, I'd like to be able to sit on my deck and maybe read a book, chat with a friend, or sip a glass of wine. And the dogs are barking. First of all, I want to say this. Every dog park I have been to, you don't hear much dog barking. There's not a lot of barking that goes on. There's mostly just play. And they don't, not a lot of dogs bark. Uh, and here's another person who didn't like it. There are people, and I don't mean to characterize the district. She means the District of Columbia. But I have noticed that they have district plates on their cars when they come to the park. And they have very little regard for us or our property. So they're going to blame the barking dogs on an, a bad element driving in from D.C.? The poor uh, village chairperson, the wife of the poor chair of the Federal Reserve, said in the latest public meeting about this, I hear you, I hear you. And according to the Washington Post reporter, she repeated this over and over to all these irate citizens um, with the patience of a dog trainer. Um, she explained to the residents that no, they could not keep dogs who happened to reside in the District of Columbia out of their dog park. They did decide, however, to take the very existence of the dog park off the web page of the village. You know, here it's it's all right here, sort of in a in a, a nutshell. I I don't know. Uh, what happens here? Uh, no conclusion has been reached. Uh, they're going, I guess they're closing it up. They're taking the fence out. That's what it is. No, that's what they're planning. September 9th, there'll be a vote. Dog lovers are planning to crowd the hearing. Save the Chevy Chase dog park. What are they going to do next? Ban dancing? And I don't even have a dog in this fight, said somebody who lives nearby. Here's a piece from... <laughs> the reporter did a hell of a job on this. Um, okay. They should be put in jail, said Doug Gansler, a former Maryland attorney general and an unsuccessful gubernatorial candidate, while his King Charles Spaniel Jack searched for a new dog to hump. Doug, scolded Patty Martin, mother to the park's unofficial mayor, a French bulldog named Louis, and wife to the head of gastroenterology at Washington Hospital. She too thought the complainers were being selfish. Where's the democratic process, she said. Why is the 1% deciding for the 99%? We have heard through reliable sources that this woman has threatened a lawsuit against the village. Well, many of us are lawyers too, 
So we're wondering, should we get a lawyer? Do we have grounds to countersue? And so while lawyers consulted lawyers, despite their owners fretting, Chubbs, Jack, Louie, and all the other dogs appear unaware of their joyful morning romp, that their joyful morning romp has caused such a kerfuffle. The aforementioned, oh, I didn't tell you about this, standard poodle whose name shall not be withheld, shall be withheld, because everyone says that dog does bark, did not make an appearance. After this reporter's dog spent some time digging, for the truth, we presume, he was asked what he thought of the park. Woof! Woof! He barked. The police did not come. And there you have it, a little postcard from uh, the tonier part of town. Oh, Barbara, sorry I missed this one. She says, did you mention this other inhumane and confusing Trump policy? Here it is. Uh, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services has sent out letters saying the agency will no longer consider deferrals of deportation for people with serious medical conditions. The program known as Medical Deferred Action allows people to remain in the U.S. for two-year periods if they can prove extreme medical need. Many of the people affected by the policy change came to the U.S. through a visa or other permitted status. Oh, my God. You know, I, I met a woman here, wonderful woman, who came here from Mexico as a young young woman because she had a... I think a heart, she needed heart surgery. And she she probably came and utilized this kind of a thing. And she's still here. She became a citizen. She works with other immigrants here. Unbelievable. Well, just trying to keep you up to date. I'll tell you what, I got a guest for you, as I promised, and this should be fun, too. I, the person who knew, excuse me, <laughs> I, it's, you know, whatever. I'll, you want to, you want to, yeah, yeah, Amy, let her in. It's uh, Rosalind. We'll have, her, we'll have her come over here. I haven't met her myself, but I've talked to her on the phone. Um. And feel free, by the way, to email and ask questions of her because some of what we'll be talking about, it would seem, you might be interested in. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Great. How are you? We're fine. Sit on down because we're, we're on the air. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. a beautiful you. day. Yeah. Oh, indeed. You're going to sink. I, All right. Yeah. Right down <laughs> to my level. Okay. So we sit real low and we go like this, too, because the... You need to talk directly into All right. it. You look so familiar to me. I'm sure we've met over the years, but some covering something, maybe. Covering something. I bet. 
So you've been a reporter in town for a long time? That's right. You since don't I look old <laughs> enough to be for a long time. Well, life. since I graduated college, so 10 years, um, yeah. yes, working for um, the Valley News Dispatch at first, and then the Tribune Review in Greensburg, did a bunch of freelancing for Thrillist and About.com, and now I'm with The Incline. Okay. Now, I want to tell you, I think the incline is fantastic. Thank you. I get a lot of news from it. I also get great facts and information and what's happening from it. And I don't even know what to call it. I was, when I was trying to say, what, it, what would it be if it were in print form? It'd be a newspaper. I suppose it would be a newspaper. So what is it called? Well, we what call ourselves, uh, I mean, we're a news website, so. Okay. But yeah, I suppose most akin to a newspaper. And we have a daily newsletter that comes out via email every morning, so that's sort of uh, akin to a, a you know, morning newspaper. Yes, and that's what I get, the newsletter. Now, how do you get the newsletter? Yes, yeah, so on our website, which is theincline.com, anyone can sign up, it's free. And we think of it as a roundup of everything you need to know in Pittsburgh to get your day started. So we've got um, the biggest news of the day, more of the heavier things, as well as some lighter things. I personally love Pittsburgh history, so as often as I can slip in Pittsburgh facts, I like to do that. I love the stuff that you have in here. Thank you. And why, you. of course, can't I find it now? <laughs> oh, because it was on my phone. Yes, well, right. we did, you, you're probably going to ramp, we did a little uh, bit on Pittsburgh history today since yes. it's Thursday or throwback Thursday, so to speak, Right. and we rounded up some of our favorite um, history reporting, which as often as I can write about his Pittsburgh history, I'll take that opportunity. Oh my God. And how did you, did you, uh, it's just something that you, you love, have a Yeah, I've always I, been fascinated about you know, learning about the past. I grew up in a pre-Civil War era farmhouse, so I suppose it was sort of uh, in me since the beginning. So I'll just, you know, let, let, so starting at today's, um, mm -hmm. you, you do uh, talk about the county council mm -hmm. not voting against uh, having a essentially a police review board, right. right, which is a little head scratching, I think, for all. You talked about Oh, dang. A marijuana breathalyzer yeah, isn't being available. Yeah, that so interesting? Pitt researchers came up with that. So you mean if you get stopped by the cops right. now and you haven't been drinking, but maybe you've been yeah. token <laughs> a little bit? They will know. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn it. <laughs> Pitt. Um, okay. And, the, the, you know, the lead coming out of the... Um, okay, but this is the, you're right, it's this, mm -hmm. oh, this, I love this thing about the only uh, mile marker. Mm -hmm. tell, tell people about that. I, I just, and I have to go look at it. Yeah. Now. This is from 1815. Right. So um, this was a story that came about randomly, which, as you know, as a journalist, that's often how it happens. Oh, yes, but true. I went out to Wilkinsburg to do a story about some artifacts that they had in their um, uh, community built borough building there. And as I was talking to them, I noticed this stone out front that had no markings on it. It was just a plain stone, but it was clearly very special. And it was, uh, you know, there was uh, gardening around it. So I asked, like, what's the story with this stone? And they said that it was called a mile marker. And back in the early 1800s, when people were 
um, coming through the Pittsburgh area. Starting to, you know, this Yeah, this westward expansion, right? Um, They would use these stones. They would mark every mile. And at that point, they did have numbers etched onto them. And it would basically tell you how far you've gone um, across the state, how far you've gone from the point of Pittsburgh. And that was sort of GPS at that time. So imagine that. That that particular marker had on it, what, that you were seven miles or six miles I can't remember from six Pittsburgh, or seven, but yeah. I mean that would have been something that people would have said. Oh, but That's I was right. shocked to find that these were placed every mile mm-hmm. on what would have been like a dirt, yeah, rutted road. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so someone took the care to do that. I'm not exactly sure who placed them. Was it you know the government or was it local townspeople? I don't know. But I thought you said in it that Ben Franklin was credited for... For the idea, yeah, that's right. Well, almost any idea <laughs> in this country, 1815 on back, uh, right. was Ben Franklin. <laughs> yes, he God, had something to do with what it. What did he have, 20,000 ideas a day? Wow. Well, he didn't have uh, you know, Instagram or Twitter to keep his mind, so he probably just could come up with ideas all the time. So they... <laughs> so they but I never even, this is Rosalind Culgan. Oh, hello. Yes. Jesus. Excuse me. Are you <laughs> We a just fa- wanted to start talking. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a f- the founder of the incline? I am not. Um so it is about th- we're coming up on our third birthday in just a couple weeks actually. I'm not the founder. Um I started at the incline about two and a half years in. So I've been there, you know, since almost the very beginning, but not quite. Now, People are going to want to know, how the hell can you, who pays you, Yeah. Who you said you can sign up for the newsletter and it's free, yep. well then how the heck do you... A couple different ways. So the first is membership. Um, so think of it as more of kind of a public radio model. You're getting the content for free, but we ask people who value the content to support. Um, and that's been going really well. People do support, which is fantastic. Um, so that's one way. We also have advertisements in our newsletter um, in a couple different places. And then um, I guess other streams that would would be hopefully coming on board soon is more excuse me advertising opportunities, um, sort of working with uh, paid content. But we're not quite there yet. We're getting there. We're still very small, still a startup. I can't believe the amount of work that must go in. How yes uh, to putting this out. (laughs) Yes does. Is it come out? It doesn't come out seven days a week. Does five days a week? Just weekdays. Yeah. 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 Because wow. I mean, wow. Wait, I got to get this other one. I just, this, as you know, I canceled my Post-Gazette um, subscription, and it is true. I, I miss some stories mm-hmm. now. But this is one of the ways I don't miss stories mm-hmm. anymore because you let me know. Thank and you. I also can't tolerate watching local news. Well, we uh, we watch every. I always say we read to the end of the internet every day. We it's sort of like doing a book report on the internet. We read every news outlet, and this is you know from blogs in town to the newspapers to local media, um, broadcast media, and then we filter for what we think our readers would be most interested in. And you know it's that mix of the heavy stuff, the light stuff. Um, do you have a sense of your readership? I mean, we do. do you know so we generally um, are reaching a millennial audience, but I will say we... Um, well, I bring that up a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but I will I say, you know, we are reaching across the board, which yeah. I find really, um, really wonderful to see that we're reaching a wide array of people. Um, but I think 
the other thing people love about our newsletter is our events calendar, yes. which um, I take great pride in that. I love doing it. Um, so this is a quick list of events to do every day in Pittsburgh. And we have about three to five events for each day. I try to make them um, a wide array of things. So I'll specifically choose things that I wouldn't do <laughs> because I want it to appeal to others. Um, but people really love that. And I think that's like any any age, all ages can love that. That's at the very bottom of our newsletter. So we, we hope people scroll to the bottom for it. Guys, you want this. You want this on your, you know, you can get it for your phone. I'm always looking at it on my phone. But it it's just a wonderful uh, daily plethora of good information uh, that you need. Did you know that they call it Panther Hollow because there were <laughs> panthers yeah. in there? Yeah, that was <laughs> a great piece WESA did the other day. Um, so as you know, one of the things we do is amplify others' rep reporting, and rather than aggregating and getting you know clicks for ourselves, we just link directly to that source. Right. So we'll say like, hey, WESA did this great story about panthers. You know, did you know this fun fact? Go read the rest of the story if you're interested. Okay. Um, yeah. And th they would welcome that. I imagine, yeah. However, if you don't subscribe to the PG, and I try to link. Yes. This is pissing I me know, off. I know. Sometimes you'll do that for the PG. Yeah. And you link to it, and they say, you canceled your subscription, bitch. Right. Did you try to read this? I know. That is a struggle. Um, the Business Times, too, I know a lot of their content's behind a paywall. So we do try to keep that in mind. If there's a free source of the same story, we'll link to that. But we really try and link to the, the best story. And, and, and also, I, I, this week, you had a compilation of black-owned businesses yeah, that's right. in town. Mm -hmm. And I think that was wonderful for people, first of all, who want to help lift up mm -hmm. uh, black entrepreneurs yep. who are not, uh, there are not a ton of them in this town. Mm -hmm. And the ones that you do see are, these are rather small, you know, operations where they're trying to get off the ground. And I can't think of any better way um, to uh, try to, again, make a measure of amends for what mm -hmm. we've done to black people in this country to make an effort to support black owned businesses yeah and so that was important to me to see i'm so glad to hear that what those were no i i really 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 appreciated it and then what so why did they call the t the t <laughs> i always thought it was no it's transit i bet no it's trolley no it it's, really means it literally stands for nothing um <laughs> I know. Uh, Port Authority did basically a contest years ago, and someone suggested the T, which, you know, other cities have T's, um, and well, it became the T. So I suppose you could imagine it might, that person who entered it might be, have been thinking transit or trolley, but we we don't know. But what? Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's I mystery. suppose the person said, let's call it the P. That wouldn't right. work. But oh, for Pittsburgh, no. But well, I like to imagine it was maybe someone named like Tim or something, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh, let's call it the T for me." After you know? me, after me. Um, here we have somebody writing in. The incline oh. is amazing. It is so well written. <laughs> the pieces are fascinating and entertaining. Keep up the good. Thank you so keep up much. The good work. Thank you, friend. Really, that's wonderful. Really, hell of a job. You know, you have 
such quality. Actually, my producer Amy, um, her husband is a is a professor at CCAC, mm-hmm. and he had your uh, Colin. Oh my goodness, what a small world! Yes, Colin yeah. loved that. Well, it went both. Colin is Colin Deppen. Deppen, mm-hmm. who was he a founder? No, we we who both. Who the hell founded this thing? <laughs> well, so uh, Collins and I started almost the same exact week. Okay. Um, but the woman who was the predecessor to me, Lexi Belkufine, who was the first oh, editor. Okay. She's working it. at the Inquirer now. That's right. She's yes. in Philly. Okay. Yes. But I yeah, um, yeah. Colin and I started almost the same day, and he absolutely loved. That he experience. went to uh, talk to journalism students at CCAC, and and um, Amy was telling me before you came in that the students are still talking about it. They oh were that excited by him. And you say he had... Yeah. See, you know people... Ha- good stuff happened mm-hmm. when you have both parties... That's right. ...remembering yeah, um, it. Yeah, he loved it. I mean, he's a phenomenal reporter and cares so much about the craft, so he was a perfect fit to, to go out there and talk to students. You know, I got to tell you, a friend of mine who works, uh, who's worked at the PG for... I don't know, 30 years, 25 years, finally took a buyout the other day. He's mm. gone. I know so many former PG people, but, you know, there's young people who are coming into journalism as newspapers are closing down. Mm-hmm. There are so many talented journalists in the city who are now doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm. And your and the incline amplifies the work of, you know, so you get stuff from power uh, public source, public uh-huh. source, yep, yep, um, and and all these other, all these other folks who are doing the work. So I I can't really um, talk up your well, publication. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a name. I know. Yeah, it's not quite a blog. It's sort of an online community. But what nothing... happened to the e-zine or e-zine? Oh, yeah, maybe is that what maybe it is? It could be it's that. like a magazine, but yeah. it's not quite. It's not quite. I know. Somebody come up with a name, <laughs> and as if this poor woman doesn't have enough to do, she's written this book. Yes, a hundred things to do in Pittsburgh before you die. I got to tell you, I better step on it. Because oh, I was. <laughs> I mean, I uh, I've done a lot. <laughs> okay, but it's so true. When you live in a city, mm-hmm. you don't make use of all the things that are there. And maybe if somebody comes to visit you from someplace else, you finally rouse yourself right. and and go to a museum with them, or go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. or. A, isn't that bizarre? It's so true. I mean, I've had things on my to-do list, my personal to-do list, that I never did until writing this book forced me to get out there and do it. So I hope that people who read the book will have that same experience, you know, get out there and explore. I mean, this town is amazing in terms of what what you can do. And uh, Rosalind has... Um, well, I well actually, there's a few things in here I did not know. Oh, good. About that makes me feel good. Okay. So the checks are things you've done, or not? No. Done? The checks are things. Oh, I bet they were done, especially okay. in the food and drink. It would be almost all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the food, food and, and drink. Yes. I could write a whole book about just Pittsburgh food. Yeah, right. Drink. Although I don't like a lot of it. No. If you want to know, what's the truth, your favorite? I'm not, 
I don't know, but Permantes is not it. Right. Well, you know, when I started reading it, I thought, oh, cool, Permantes is not the number one. Oh, it's not two. <laughs> it's not three, four, five, six. I thought, maybe she left Permantes off or went. No, and it came in at yes. 17. Well, they're not ranked necessarily, they All are right, presented in random still. order, but yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, a classic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's one I didn't know about. Um,. Have a photo shoot at the Color Park. Yes. What's that? It's on the south side. Um, it is beautiful. I wish I could show you a picture of it, but it is um, this area where artists have painted in these vibrant colors, sort of a graffiti park. And it's a place where people can go and paint graffiti without, you know, someone coming and yelling at them. You're welcome to It's come all about experience. painting graffiti. Exactly. Um, so it changes pretty often. There are pieces by Baron Batch there, as well as... Former Steeler, now a yep. local artist. Um, but it's a lot of fun. You'll see people it, and their dogs there, you know, taking pictures of each of themselves. We it's were really just cute. talking about dogs. Yeah. Okay. So, um, wait a minute. I thought I had it here. Uh, where is it? Um, hmm. Okay, wait. I want to let people, because I'd like to go... Oh, 62. I'd like... I, I mean, I was just, what? Never heard of it. Yeah. So it's um, at, uh, it's on the Three Rivers Heritage mm-hmm. Trail on the south side, around South, south Fourth. fourth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So basically, you want to go to the south side, right? Start there and then um, head towards the river. It kind of spans a couple of blocks, but you'll you'll find it. You can't miss it. It's very vibrant and bright. I can't believe I've never seen it. I can't believe I've never seen it. And then there's something I've never been to, but okay. I have heard about. And that, we have so many museums. Um, how, when's the last time you went to the History Center? When's the last time you went to the Science Center? Mm-hmm. When's the last time you went to the Frick or the Warhol? And these are the kinds of things that, Pittsburghers, I don't think, do. Yeah. Until someone... Until you have a visitor in town, right? Mm -hmm. So the one is the Bayer... The Bayernhof. Bayernhof. Oh, I love it. Okay, You've so... You've got to go. Where, okay, this is over there. Over the, in O'Hara. Right. Um, so it's a, muse- a music machine museum. These are antique music machines. It's so quirky, so different, and um, the who person. Is, so the guy who did it is what? He lives there. Not he? anymore. So he's passed away now. But he um, was a single gentleman, and he wanted kind of to have a museum that would um, live on after he died, and indeed it does. So he created this eighteen thousand square foot uh, mansion, and this was in the eighties. So imagine it's like Bavarian, but with an eighties style. Is this the one? If I'm crossing the Highland Park Bridge, do I see it up on the oh, hill? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, there's a big. Fr- I think I see it's it. It's possible. I mean, that's oh. definitely the right. I'm trying to think of the geography. That's definitely the right location. I've never seen it from that angle. Okay, well, I know that maybe it isn't it. So how do you? Is it how, you have to make an appointment? You do have to a, make a okay. reservation. Um, because it's very small, and they'll have, well, it's actually giant, but the spaces are small, <laughs> I should say. Um, and they'll have a guide walk you through. The guides are phenomenal. You learn all about this uh, man's history. You learn all about the music machine history, the architecture. It's a blast. It's really quirky. Highly recommend. The last time I had visitors here, I went to Randyland. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is 
how do you explain that to anybody? <laughs> yeah, Randy Land sort of defies explanation, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, but it's such a treat, and it's getting so much attention. Last time I was right. there, it was you know packed. There were kids playing in the sand. There were people taking pictures. It was really beautiful. Yeah, it really is getting a lot of attention. We've never been over there. It's like right around the Mexican War streets mm-hmm. on the north side. Bring a kid. Yeah. And a camera. It's right bring by a, the mattress factory. Right. Bring a kid and a camera and just enjoy the sheer quirkiness and the amount of work that mm-hmm. had to go into oh, it. Oh, gosh. And still goes into it. He um, the he changes the decoration, so to speak, pretty often. So when I was there, most recently I got to see um, them painting some new trees that were going to be coming out soon. So it's, it's always a, a work in progress, I suppose. Um, okay, here's one that I went to as a reporter myself when I first got to Pittsburgh and haven't been back since, but I was like blown <laughs> away, and that's St. Anthony's. Yes, I was the, also blown away. It feels like you're in the Vatican. I mean, it's what unbelievable. Now, this is a what, relatively small mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. Uh, on the north side, mm-hmm. right? Uh, tr- is that where Troy I was? Hill. Troy mm-hmm. Hill. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's got all these, I mean, personally, I'm a non-believer. It's got so many saints' hair mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. toenail clippings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. It's got, all, but it's beyond belief. I mean. It is. And I think, you know, no matter How would that views, have ended up here? Yeah. Well, so it was the, um, the priest at that time was very into these religious relics, and he funded the building of this space to keep the relics and to have the relics there. Um, but yeah, there are 5,000. And you know, a few years ago on a family trip, I got to visit the Vatican, and it feels like a piece of the Vatican. Feel, yeah. It's well, amazing. Yeah. I've been in the Vatican, too, and you're right. It it's, is like a little piece of the Vatican right. in Pittsburgh. Do any of you guys have places that you know are off the beaten track that like at one point you say um you know walk the uh walk the steps mm-hmm. <laughs> no thank you unless you meant walk down the steps right, right um i get there are people who have done that or have yeah made it a, yeah yeah i mean some people do it you know still for commuting and then others do it there's um, a step trek that's coming up, I believe, in the fall, September, Do, I think. I mean, not, not off the top of your head. You don't know my, how many of these staircases there are in Pittsburgh. Oh, it's like 740, I think. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it If you come, when you first come here to live. And you find out that the sidewalks here turn into these, I mean, unbelievable mm-hmm. steps. Because mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is like this. And I have a set of stair- steps right near my house mm-hmm. that is very steep. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then a little ways over, there's a slightly less steep one mm-hmm. that you can use. But right in my neighborhood, where I walk my dog, there are three of these staircases mm-hmm. that I do, in fact, use. Yeah. Up, down. And you walk right by somebody's, you know... They're in between people's houses. You right. look in their window. I mean, it's it is so bizarre. It is. It is amazing. Um, Threadbare Cider House in Spring Garden has started doing tours. Um, they're called Stair Stepping and Cider Sipping. 
And so I don't know if those go together. <laughs> I think you. Uh, I think you do the stairs before you oh, sip the you cider. Oh, then you do the cider. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's a fun way to just if you want to explore the steps, just to get out and and have some and fun really, with it. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, there are still some that blow my mind in my neighborhood where you walk up one from right around where the mayor lives, and then you walk up. It seems like you're walking onto somebody's property. Mm-hmm. And it drops you into what appears to be somebody's driveway, but <laughs> it can't be because that's a public... Uh, right. I, I suppose, yeah. The jurisdiction there is a little murky, isn't it? I love it. I mean, I just flat out love it. Uh, okay, this I never heard about. I'm talking about all these museums we have. What about the Smog Museum? Yeah, so ever hear of that? So that one's a little bit off. Yeah, a little I bit would drive. Um, well, I wouldn't want to go anyway. Who? I mean, it sounds. I know like, it's it's sad. I mean, it's oh, don't tell me it's in. Um, oh, Denora. Denora. Yeah. So it's really a, a horrific story, but a cautionary tale of why we need environmental regulations. Um, so yeah, it is a poignant, you know poignant story um it is on page 102 right i keep mixing Um, up the um, oh i know (laughs) i know what but yeah it's a it's a poignant story so it's worth it's worth experiencing if you can get down to denora it is a drive and i will caution that um they do have limited hours it's run by a historical society so you know small town call before you go make sure that they're there a lot of people died and it was an inversion right what we call a Mm -hmm. uh, uh where the smog just hung right over and uh I had a boyfriend once in Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. right before I came here, who was from Denora. And oh, I, no way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never, I said, so where you from? He said, well, uh, around Pittsburgh. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, it's a little town called Denora. And then he told me, that's the first I'd heard of it. Mm-hmm. And he was, this is just odd since we're sitting here in the Pittsburgh City paper talking to uh, another journalist here. He was the editor of the Madison Alternative. Oh, nice. What a small world. From Denora. <laughs> yeah. It's just the, oh, that all came together somehow. Right, right. His oh, name was Vince O'Hearn. Vince hmm. O'Hearn. If there's any O'Hearns in Denora, I had a little bit of a fling with <laughs> one of you right after my divorce. Read the incline every day, says Barbara. Oh, and thanks, the Barbara Bainerhoff is that how ba- Bainerhoff? Bainerhoff. <laughs> oh yeah, I see. Bainerhoff was featured on CBS yes, Sunday Morning I in March. I saw that. It's getting some love. Okay, and she wants to um, say that the appeal of Promantis in the Strip is that it's open twenty-four hours. Mm-hmm. I'd That's rather true. go hungry. Thank you very much. <laughs> It's it's controversial, you know. I'm always embarrassed when people come, especially the sports people, like, and they say on, you know, Monday Night Football, yeah, you gotta go to Premier. Say no, no, don't. It's awful. It is controversial, but it is open late night. Very true. Twenty four hours. If you got okay. a craving, Kurt says another spot I have yet to check out. The Trundle. Yeah, Manor. you know, I haven't been to this one either, Kurt. The m- it's in Swissville, I believe. What the hell? And it's sort of a odd- oddities and a little creepy, from what I from what I've read. 
Oh, that sounds scary. I'm yeah. looking at, I, we are not an escape room. What the hell are they? <laughs> They're weirdos. Yeah, it's kind of like a, I don't know, Is sort it of like a, the, not quite a haunted house, just a oddities place, I believe. But again, I've never been there either, so it's on my list as well. Well, they don't have that, really, so you guys knew about it, so... Mm-hmm. Um, the most unusual a, tourist trap in the world. I that. would not want to... They said they've been on MTV. Wow. I would not want to go in a place like that. I'm not so good with scary things, but no. I did include Scare House I know in the book. you did. Did I you know. go into it? <laughs> I have been there. I've never been into the basement, which, you know, you have to sign a waiver to do that. I'm not oh, dear here God. for that. Oh, my God. The most unusual tourist trap in the world meets the most bizarre hmm. private collection on public display. Well... <laughs> I don't know. You know, there's always something to add to the list. That's what I've yeah, learned from writing okay. this book. <laughs> hey, well, Kurt, check it out and get back to us, okay, about it. Um, it's all. I mean, there's all this stuff here. Stuff you should know about stu- all these places you should have gone. I'm not going to make it before I die. Oh, there come on. What do you you mean? got I'm this. Half, I'm half dead already. <laughs> oh you got a shot, but not me. <laughs> you got this. This wonderful woman, <laughs> go to theincline.com. Theincline.com, that's right. Sign up. Yeah, and if folks want to learn more about the book, it's 100thingspittsburgh.com. All of that. Jeez, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> it's a good thing you're young. Yeah, I don't have too much spare time, but I love, it's a labor of love, so. You're obviously from here. Yeah, well, I grew up in Westmoreland County, and then okay. I live in the Strip District now. Okay. Great, great. It was a pleasure. Likewise. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Is this not better than talking about Donald Trump's latest atrocity? Indeed it is. All right. I won't be here tomorrow. I won't be here Saturday or Sunday. And guess what? I ain't going to be here Monday either because it's Labor Day. Okay? But I'll be back on Tuesday and I'll look forward to it. Have a great weekend.